The following podcast is a production of Commercial Investment Real Estate Magazine, the official publication of CCIM Institute. For more on the latest trends, best practices, and continuing education in all areas of the industry, visit our website at ccim.com and sign up for our education e-newsletter. Welcome to another episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast. I'm Nicholas Leiter, Senior Content Editor of the magazine. In this episode, I'm joined by Rich Sarkis, Chief Executive and Founder of Reonomy, a leading property intelligence platform for CRE professionals. Considering the instability of today's commercial real estate market, Sarkis discusses how data analysis can help us overcome indecision and uncertainty. He also details how industry professionals use and interact with big data. Hello, I'm Nicholas Leiter, Senior Content Editor for Commercial Investment Real Estate Magazine. I'm here with Rich Sarkis, Executive Chairman and Founder of Reonomy, a property intelligence platform for CRE professionals. Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. And to jump right into it, uh, with, the, with the COVID pandemic obviously making news across the globe right now, CCM Institute's Chief Economist, Casey Conway, uh, has repeatedly said that, that the, the forces behind the pandemic may compress the timeline for certain trends in real estate. Uh, one, he references retail grocery sales moving online a little more quickly. Um, and considering these acceleration and these possible changes, how can CRE professionals use big data to adapt to this new reality? Yeah, uh, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a very topical question. It's one that <laughs> countless executives and folks within the CRE commu- community are wrestling with. And it's, uh, you know, a, a pandemic obviously is very different than most recessionary forces that certainly we have had in our lifetimes. Obviously, there are there's precedents for this, but you have to go back, you know, a century or so. But what tends to happen in most recessions, regardless of the cause, is that they shine a pretty bright light on uh, the businesses that uh, they affect. And in this case, they're pretty much affecting every business, right? Brokerage firms, insurance companies, retail, hospitality, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is a lot of these executives at these firms are reevaluating their business models in some case. They're reevaluating how they're going about things. Is it the most efficient way possible or has inefficiency crept in over the years? And it tends to do that when you're in a decade plus bull run, right? You tend to sort of let your guard down. Uh, And even to the extreme saying, are we doing things as a company, as a firm that we ought not to be doing, right? Just getting out of certain uh, either markets uh, or, or, or parts of the business. And as such... Uh, typically, when you shine that bright light on your business, data and technology do tend to emerge as solutions to help cure some of those ills, help make inefficient processes more efficient, ha- help, uh, in some cases, let, let's face it, take out cost, right? Uh, but also, in other cases, uh, mitigate risk and help grow the top line. So I would say that we are seeing a, I wouldn't say renewed interest in data and CRE tech, but uh, definitely a, a a need for these executives to uh, do their diligence, find out what's available, and, uh, and and really consider it actively. And you mentioned that that the situation, a recession, and especially a, a recession is as significant as this one, can yep. kind of shine a light on your business practices. Um, is 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 that a perfect? Is now the time where data is important, and that's kind of a a, a hole in some in some people's businesses. Yeah, for sure. And look, this is not like pre-COVID that that folks weren't looking at data. I mean, our business 
have been you know flourishing for an, a number of years now and there are others in our space and and, and most of these firms have hired CIOs, CTOs, in many instances from industries outside of CRE, right? From mm-hmm. gaming, from other industries that have seen a lot of uh, technological and data innovation over the years. So it's certainly been coming. I, I would say this has been an impetus and has probably accelerated some of the decision-making processes. But it's also raised the bar in terms of the adoption because... Right now, I mean, in a lot of cases, right, it's, it's, it's do or die. It, these, these are big decisions that are being made. And uh, whatever solution is going to be implemented has to have a very clear demonstrated ROI, right? You can't just say, oh, well, the marketing speak sounds good or we did a pilot. And I'm going to assume that whatever they did on the pilot is exactly what the product is. There was no manual intervention to sort of fake it till we make it. And I'm going to assume that this scales beautifully across all my offices, all my systems, et cetera, even though we only did a very small ring fence pilot. Gone are those days, I think. And so uh, uh, there is definitely uh, now is the time to be considering and embracing data and technology. But also now is the time to have a really high bar and make sure those technologies and those data solutions that are being considered and ultimately implemented are the ones that, frankly, are going to be around in the next few months and quarters and years, but also ones that are ones that are proven solutions that can really make that uh, positive impact to the business. And to that end, you know, with customers, the stakes are raised uh, for many people to, to do or die. Certainly, uh, as we start to come out of the pandemic. So they're almost like priming the pump to make sure that one, the economy is fully open. And some of them, obviously, uh, you know, this varies widely by state and frankly, by day at this point. But as economies and states and markets start to come back online, those best CRE professionals, the most prepared brokers, the most prepared owners, developers, and lenders are making sure they are uh, embracing the de- uh, the data uh, and doing all the pre-work to sort of uh, make sure they are on the front foot and not caught uh, on the back foot. And and obviously, you know, this the COVID pandemic is a once in a, in a century public health crisis um, that Hopefully. yeah that that nobody could could have seen coming. Um, how is yeah. there a way or two that that the pandemic has changed the game as far as as you in collecting and presenting data and and analytics? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, this this is different than any sort of recessionary shock we have seen in our lifetime, as I said in the in the opening statements. And as such, it, it, it has affected our business and other businesses differently. I'll give you a very concrete example. Uh, some of the data we collect, we get from the local municipalities and the tax assessor's offices where they literally are the ones who record the mortgages, record the deed transactions when a property sells, etc. Well, guess what? When everyone had to shelter in place and work from home or not show up to the office, well, in this case, the tax assessors, their office is the local municipality office, and that was closed. And so they were not physically there to record those mortgages. So there was sort of a gap in terms of the data being recorded. Now, as again, as things have come back online, we've seen that gap sort of be filled. But it has had a pretty big impact on how the data is collected at the source and the downstream impact for companies like us, you know, can be felt. Now, we have the the, the benefit of multi-sourcing across public and private sources, so you can mitigate that. But this has undoubtedly had uh, an impact in terms of uh, 
the data. The, the analogy I always like to give is is as a restaurant, right? And, and so we are not in the business of selling raw ingredients, selling you know chocolate chips or butter or milk or flour. What we do, what we do is we get the best ingredients that we can find across all the different purveyors, purveyors and, and farmers, etc. And then we bake the most delicious chocolate chip cookies, and that's what we sell. But obviously, as our supply chain is stressed and strained, that has a downstream impact on our ability to bake those chocolate chip. And in our cases, it's to deliver the insights, the analysis via our products. And so, um, you know, it's been a very real and tangible um, uh, impact because of the the nature of this shock being, you know, a virus versus a, a terrorist uh, factor or a potential meltdown or, you know, other um, shocks. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to put it as far as like, you know, from somebody who's who's outside of, of the specialty of, of getting the ingredients and, and, you know, presenting the best chocolate cookie. Um, yes. And I think kind of if you think about like the sabermetrics and money, what Moneyball did for, for sports, I think people were like, whether it was five or 10 years ago, there was this huge appetite for data. And, you know, we, we need as many numbers as we can. Yeah. Um, but like you're saying, it's not about just the ingredients. It's about making sure they're packaged and presented in the, in the correct way. Um, how, you know, how do you go about kind of turning those ingredients into cookies? How do you know that you're, you're doing that? Yeah, that's a really important point. And, and, and embedded in that, there, there's a very important thing, right? Because now I think a lot of uh, folks are realizing, well, oh, well, I've got to embrace data. I've got to embrace technology. I've got to embrace, you know, whatever new solutions out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, both because others are doing it and I don't want to get caught behind, right? And because of this, uh, you know, recession, pandemic, uh, exogenous factor that's forcing me to rethink the status quo. And those are all good things. Those are all good things to say, okay, well, I'm open to it. But there is a risk because a lot of these folks don't know where to start necessarily because they haven't done it. It's new, etc. And so there's a risk of drowning in too much data, right? Imagine it, going back to the analogy, you just say, well, I'm going to just buy a ton of chocolate chips. And unbeknownst to you, you bought, you bought in bulk. Yeah, yeah. And now you tons of this data and it's impossible to go from the raw data, the columns and the rows of data to the insights that you actually need to do your job more effectively, to make more money faster, to mitigate your risk, to make fewer bad decisions. Because ultimately, the the consumers of this data don't really necessarily need the data. They need the insights that are derived from the data, right? And so there's a risk of having too much data or the wrong kinds of data presented in the wrong way. And so that's where you know, we come in and others in the CRE tech space, you know, should be coming in is taking that data, transforming it and giving you what you need in terms of the information, the insights, presenting it visually, presenting it in table format. In some cases, if you're a more sophisticated technology forward company, presenting it via API that you can then take and uh, create your own uh, solutions and, and, and integrate into different applications like a CRM, et cetera. But that is a crucial part of the equation that sometimes gets overlooked, especially with folks who are just embarking on their data journey, so to speak. Yeah, especially in, in commercial real estate where it's, you know, there, there's a lot of it boils down to numbers as far as, you know, price, Absolutely. square footage. It's, it's a very black and white industry in some ways. Yes. But but yeah, considering kind of the shock to the economy um, in the, these last few months, there's plenty of talk of increasing vacancies in retail, hospitality, 
and other property sectors. Uh, can an AI platform like Reanimate help bring new life to these shuttered facilities and, and maybe, you know, help in the adaptive reuse process? Yeah, look, that, that's the, the, what, what you're really talking about. The overarching theme is a reimagining of commercial real estate, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I don't think anyone believes, well, hopefully that this is the end of commercial real estate, you know, the harbinger of dooms. And obviously there's always the doomsday folks, et cetera, who say, well, office building is never going to recover in major areas <laughs> like New York, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Well, guess what? It, it, it probably is going to recover. It's just going to look differently. And it goes back to that reimagining. And so... The question is, what tools can we leverage? What data, what information, whether it's AI driven or not, how can we figure out how best to reimagine commercial real estate and move less towards here's the data, here's the insights, and more towards the predictive analytics? How do you predict which markets or or submarkets are going to be the first to rebound? How do you predict which asset classes are going to be recessionary proof, even in the world of COVID, and which ones are going to be disproportionately impacted? It starts from the other side, which is here's a company, a retailer, or an owner, and say, okay, this owner, this REIT, tell me all the properties that are associated with it that it owns, right? And therefore, then you can see, okay, it owns these 500 different single tenant stores across the US. And now you can say, okay, well, who are the tenants in those stores? And how susceptible to a second shutdown are they, right? Are they essential businesses like a CVS or are they gyms, right, that are likely to be closed for an extended period of time and therefore put some pretty big pressure on rents, et cetera? So if I'm an investor now, uh, I can have a much different view of where opportunities may be or or, uh, which areas I want to be long or short on. Uh, So absolutely, if you are smart and if you're forward thinking, the data is out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're able to give you that type of insights. Uh, now, that's not a crystal ball and you can't know for sure, but it's all about pattern recognition and trying to see around corners as best you can. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think looking forward, uh, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that, that we can't predict the future. Um, you can say that. Again. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but have you identified any potential obstacles or opportunities that maybe lie in, in front of us? Um, you know, as a result of the tumultuous, you know, first half of the year. There are companies that are going to find opportunities to uh, snap up distressed assets. There are others that are going to mm-hmm. find opportunities to lend to uh, companies that have a more robust COVID proof portfolio, so to speak. So certainly there. And so far as obstacles, look, uh, you know, the big question about this recession, which is uh, unlike any other, is that there's not necessarily a clear end in sight, uh, right? Mm-hmm. We're still living through the pandemic and it is a global problem. It is not a local problem. It's not even a U.S. Uh, you know, problem. This is global. And it seems to be that, you know, it is likely that we will have a second wave if you're looking at what's happening in Spain and France and other European countries who, let's not forget, are sort of two to three months ahead of where we are as a country and in terms of the virus. So that's the big question. And I think that There's a lot of uncertainty if we go back to the U.S. in terms of what this recession is going to look like over the next quarter or two. And the period between Labor Day and Thanksgiving, historically in business, that's where a lot of business gets done before year end. People are summer vacation. This is going to be an incredible moment in time for us as a country and for us as an industry to figure out with all these uncertain variables in the air, right? Is a vaccine going to be available and effective? Is there going to be a therapeutic? What's going to happen with the election? Is there going to be a second wave, 
if there is, is it going to hit the big markets like New York again, or is it going to spread into suburbia, et cetera? Just so much uncertainty. And in the face of so much uncertainty, it's difficult to sort of make predictions and decisions. But that certainly is an obstacle because, you know, it, 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 uncertainty is the thing that sort of cripples people because you don't know if you, you know, if things are bad, you can sort of plan for it and, and you can make decisions based on a bear market. If things are good, obviously you make different types of decision. But if you just don't know which way is up, that's where you can get crippled. And that, I think, is the biggest obstacle. Hopefully, we'll have more clarity, as I said, you know, through that period uh, and end of year and, and, and 2021, we'll see the rebound that uh, everybody wants and, and is hoping for. Um, but, you know, as we sit here right now in August, uh, you know, mid-August, uh, you know, going into to Labor Day, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Gotcha. Well, that's great, Rich. I think as a final question, um, you know, you mentioned people who are struggling uh, with uncertainty. Um, and and as, as you being someone who's in the solutions business, you know, what would your yeah. message be to, to a CRE professional who may be kind of a little fretful for, for what's to come? Absolutely. The, 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 that's a good question. And uh, I would say just start somewhere. Start putting in the work, starting in the work. There are a lot of solutions and companies such as ours that also have proactively and preemptively sort of offered up help. Mm-hmm. But it's just a start putting in the work because the worst thing that can happen is you just sit on the sidelines and saying, oh, it's so uncertain. I, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to wait and see. Well, guess what? The guy across the street is not waiting and seeing. Yeah, yeah. He is planning ahead. He's he's making moves now, right? So that, as I said before, when the economies do restart and when we do mitigate and get rid of some of that uncertainty, he's in a pole position to take advantage of the situation. And that can mean anything from calling your existing book of business and making sure you're relevant and giving them some tidbits so that uh, you know when they do decide to sell again or when they do decide to transact your top of mind, but it also means uh, reaching out to net new potential uh, owners and, and 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 clients of yours uh, in order to again be on the front foot. And so, uh, the, the piece of advice I would say is start working, start doing something, and start embracing these solutions. Because uh, if you don't, you can rest assured that others are, and you'll be caught uh, on the back foot. Gotcha. Great. Well, well, thank you, Rich. I think. As myself being a noted procrastinator, I can certainly appreciate the advice to, to just get started. Um, so again, I, I appreciate your time and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast. Head to SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Join us next month for a brand new episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast featuring another leading figure from the world of commercial real estate.